Welcome back to City Beautiful SC in Orlando City's fan podcast. I am your host, Logan Stump. It's such a mouthful uh, to say the name of the, the, the podcast itself. But welcome back to the show. If you haven't listened before, we are an Orlando City podcast that talks things Orlando City, of course, but we talk CONCACAF Champions League, US Open Cup, Leagues Cup, MLS. Uh, we talk Eastern Conference. We talk whole MLS. Uh, and if you have not uh, seen our other show, States at Soccer Show, in which City Beautiful SC is actually presented by, do head over and check that out as it is an MLS-specific podcast. But welcome back to the show. If you have listened before, I really appreciate the support so far, but I wanted to get into talking about two of the results that happened over the last week or so, um, really within the last like four or five days. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Hope everybody's doing well. Um, it is Sunday, March 19th, and I'm recording this uh, around two o'clock. So not a lot going on as far as MLS is concerned. All the matches were played yesterday, so I don't think there's any MLS matches to worry about today. Um, but we're going to go over the Eastern Conference standings, talk about uh, a little bit about uh, where we stand as far as the conference is concerned, uh, what happens in Champions League uh, and what that means going forward, and then talking a little bit about what is on deck and ready to come up in the next coming weeks. But let's let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Tigris match. So the last episode that was released was the Tigris preview uh, and the recap of the DC United game. Uh, we did end up drawing with Tigres at El Volcan, which uh, is what they call uh, the stadium in Monterrey, Mexico, in which Tigres plays their home matches. It was a huge result. We talked about how big of a result it was. Probably the biggest draw in uh, history for uh, not only Orlando City, but maybe MLS is concerned because uh, not many teams have fared well. I think only four teams out of the um, so many teams that have <laughs> um, qualified for the Champions League have made it uh, out of Mexico with anything but a loss. Uh, and it's only happened four times. So, again, kudos to Orlando City for coming out on the nil-nil draw heading home to Exploria Stadium to give themselves a chance to move on in this tournament, a tournament that is very, very difficult uh, to advance in. And we thought we would have seen Pachuca next, but Pachuca actually ended up getting bounced out of the CONCACAF Champions League as well. I think Matagua is how you pronounce uh, the team that is going on. Violet bounced Austin FC out, and then three of the MLS teams still remain in CONCACAF Champions League, and that is the Philadelphia Union, Vancouver Whitecaps, and LAFC. They are all on one side of the bracket. We were on the side with Austin FC, but there are no longer any MLS teams to be rooting for on the left-hand side of this uh, CCL tournament. And it looks like it might be a T-Case and uh, MLS Cup team, or sorry, MLS Cup, uh, MLS team, maybe the MLS Cup winners uh, in LAFC. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was a, it's an exciting tournament, but Orlando City does come up short in what was a very interesting game, I was there to cover uh, the match and was actually in the auxiliary press box. So we actually got to sit outside and enjoy the atmosphere, um, which was really exciting. Honestly, it was a little cold, um, but I was really excited to kind of sit in the actual atmosphere of the match because it was the loudest that I've heard Exploria Stadium. Uh, Tigres fans did come in troves and they were uh, loud and proud of uh, the Mexican club, the Mexican Giants. 
um, that they do support. They actually had the away end on the way side up above on the second deck, all blocked off for TK's fans. They did section off uh, just about a third of it because that's how many fans were sitting in that supporter section. Hello, kitty cat. Um, sorry, my cat just popped up. If you're watching the video version, she's sitting here in my lap, uh, as she often likes to do when I podcast. But yeah, no, the, the Tigres uh, supporters were strong. Um, they were loud. Uh, they were uh, having a blast. They're very passionate fans. And so it was a nice contrast to uh, the wall. The wall is uh, the Orlando City supporter section. If, you don't, if you're listening to this and don't know what the wall is that I'm uh, referring to, alluding to, but yeah, no, it was a really exciting match. Um, after the match, actually, the wall released a statement that basically it, it was... Um, worded in a way that it was like, uh, you know, you're letting these fans come in from another side that are, are throwing the smoke flares and bombs onto the field. And uh, it's uh, scary for players, fans, and everything else involved. Um, I think that there's really just a no-no, or, you know, a no-win situation for both sides, the, the club and um, the wall itself. Um, you can't control what away fans do. So I, I think having to come out and say things against an away or a supporting group um, coming from an away side. Um, we, of course, uh, don't condone any kind of violence or anything like that as far as people putting people's harm or people putting people in harm's way. Um, so, yeah, no, we don't condone the way that they act. Um, I think the club uh, will handle it as they see fit. So I don't think there's a real issue here. I think it was just two sides that felt like they had differing opinions on how that was handled. But again, I, I think it's going to be handled perfectly fine. I think that the, the wall will continue to support the club will continue to support the supporter section and the fans to make sure that there are fan safety um, and protocols put into place so that we can try to avoid situations like this. Um, that's the first time I've ever been to Exploria stadium where something like that kind of happened. Um, so it was very interesting. Again, uh, different fan bases are, are going to cause problems and stuff like that. Um, and again, it's unfortunate that it happened, but there were a lot of T-Days fans scattered throughout the stands that weren't in the supporter section that were having a blast that were actually cheering on some of the Orlando City uh, creations, which was interesting. It was weird because, like, I couldn't get a vibe of, like, who was an Orlando City fan or T-Days fan um, unless they were in the supporter section because it's almost like everybody was cheering on each other. Like, not really cheering on, but, like, having, like, when we'd get shot creations or shots near goal, everybody reacted in a way that I was like, I can't tell if they're fans or if they're just, you know, neutral fans that want to come up and see uh, a Mexican team take on uh, an MLS side. So I don't really understand what it was, but it was very exciting. It was the best atmosphere that I've been in at Exploria Stadium since I've been going for about two and a half years now. So uh, again, I, I really enjoyed being there covering the game. Uh, again, thanks for Orlando City having me out. It was a lot of fun to cover that match. Uh, the first half of the match, I would say within the first 15 minutes, Orlando City looked like uh, a team that um, could compete uh, with Tigres. But then from then on, it really felt like we uh, had the or that Tigres had the upper hand. They really played well. Um, and it wasn't until late in the game, about seven to 10 minutes left in the match, that it felt like Orlando City finally gained control again of the match. Um, so about 60 to 70 minutes there, it was just Tigres, all Tigres. And it, it really did look like we just could not create chances when we had to create chances. Um, we really struggled at times to create chances uh, in dangerous spots. And then uh, a ball-watching episode um, that kind of goes over Petrasso, um probably should have found the attacking player before he went up to try to find the ball, um, causes us 
to give up that one goal uh, and that one away goal put them uh, at an advantage. We had to score two after that because of the away goal rule in CONCACAF Champions League. Um, the team with the most away goals in a uh, situation where the legs end up in a draw. Um, so the second leg ended up in a draw, first leg ended in a draw. So it was 1-1 one, one on aggregate. And when that happens, it doesn't go to extra time. It goes to away goals. Um, and again, Tigres had the advantage uh, scoring at Exploria Stadium. We knew we had a tough hill to, to kind of climb. Uh, and I think that was part of the issue in the second half was just the fact that we knew how much pressure was on us. We had to grab two goals. We hadn't really created any kind of shot chances this season. Um, up until that point in MLS, I think we'd only had one goal, two goals. I can't remember. Um, but really, I mean, this team has struggled uh, to create consistently. Uh, and I think that was something uh, of concern that we had going into the T-Gaze match. I think it was two goals because I think our third was against Charlotte this weekend. But, um, yeah, it the second... Uh, the second half was a lot better as far as uh, I felt like when we first started the half, I felt like Orlando City really came out and looked um, a little bit more dangerous. You know, five to ten minutes, we looked a lot more aggressive, um, but then it quickly died out. Uh, and it wasn't until, again, we put on a, a whole slew of subs that come in uh, where we really feel like we finally um, had an attacking chance. And it wasn't until about the 64th to 70th minute when they started to put all these guys in that it really started to change. I would say around probably when Thor Halson and uh, Cara and Gonzalez came in. So right around the 75th minute is when it does finally start to look like Orlando city has a chance to equalize. But again, we needed two goals in a span of like 15 to 20 minutes, uh, depending on the stoppage time that was going to be added. Uh, we really didn't see much of a chance before that. That really was, uh, I guess, good enough. We had two in the first half where Ivan Angulo uh, within, I think it was the first 15 to 10 minutes. He puts up a lovely touch and then back towards his uh, strong foot in that right foot and hits like a volley that just goes wide. I mean, just goes wide. And then within like a minute and a half, TJ's puts in that ball over Luca Petrasso, and that's when it's headed in. Um, and I, I think Orlando City uh, really struggled to kind of clean up those mistakes, and that's ultimately what cost us in the TJ's game. And I think it's been kind of that story of the season is some of these mistakes early on have really cost us points. And it, it did against Charlotte as well, and we'll get into that. But I felt like in the T-Gays game as well, um, we waited until too late to really get in um, two goals. And then you had the instances with stoppage time where um, Oscar Perea said he, he counted, he put it on the stopwatch where it was 45 seconds to a minute that was played in the, I think five to six minutes that ended the game. So really it was, you know, Tigas with the ability to waste some time um, and the ability to keep the ball away from Orlando city and in, uh, in play. So again, it, it was, it was kind of a messy end. Eric Giancara comes on and has a lovely bicycle kit that puts us one, one. And then Duncan McGuire, uh, the last shot of the game goes sailing above the goal I thought it was a decent look. If he could just get on top of it a little more, we might be talking about history at this point where Orlando City bounces Tigres, but it just didn't feel like it was going to, it didn't feel like it was meant to happen. Um, and it, it was disappointing. The fans were really excited, but I thought Orlando City overall really put up a great performance going to Tigres and pulling that out nil-nil and then also competing with them back on a home stage. Yes, they didn't have Gignac, but I felt like Orlando City gave himself enough chances to to pull out uh, a win, but it was going to be very difficult against the side 
that one is halfway through their season is midseason four, where our team is a bunch of new faces and guys that are just getting into the rotations and figuring out what attacking players work um, and which don't together. Kind of that gelling moment that we talked about that I don't think we're really going to get until about two months from now, um, where we really start to see this team for what it is uh, in about two months, whether we think that it's a really good attacking side, fantastic attacking side, or it's just kind of faltered and not gone the way that we had planned. Um, but I do want to get into some of the comments that Oscar Pereja made, and I think he summarizes a lot better some of the stuff that he saw, but also some things that we can be proud of as Orlando City fans. So I'm going to play this clip, um, and we'll kind of talk about each of the, the clips uh, after uh, he's done with this clip. But it's about four minutes. So, again, listen to what Oscar has to say, uh, and I'll kind of break in between uh, to tell you exactly what the question is. But this first question is kind of like what he saw over the night Um what he felt that the guy's performances was and, and how did he really see this performance against a side that is so good like TGA's? Well, uh, I think we, we we are proud of the effort that we, we showed during the game. Obviously, emotions are there. It's much better to wait and calm down and, and evaluate the things, but the message is, it was short. It's just expressing are bright for the effort that they made during the game and they played against a, a good rival and we were there uh so so we we will move on but we were upset as well i know the players were as, uh, for what just happened in the last 7 minutes and 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 obviously it's uh it's clear we're we're not bad losers. We we we're respectful, but we're not stupid. So, congratulations to Tigres. It's a, it's a club that I respect a lot, and we all and and but we play there. We, we played them. We scored in the minute eighty nine. And between eighty nine and ninety six, forty five seconds. In that in that part, it was four minutes. 50 seconds that they did not play the game. They didn't allow us to play the game. Whether it was because the uh, goalkeeper wasn't playing, not restarting, substitutions, and and even the celebration of the goal. So they need to understand that. And we saw it in the World Cup, guys. I mean, you you, you get five minutes, but but the, the other they're wasting time. They need to add more time. And, and and that's what I'm saying. It's it's like a listen. We are respectful, and I want to say it again. But we're not stupid. We're not. We're not. We're competing. We are competing, and and, and they they need to realize that. So two teams that were very feisty, and 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 it was a great game. It was a great game. I think they needed to reevaluate. On the referee, how, how many minutes they need to add, and then that's that's frustrating. Yeah, it just show that this this team is it, it did not give gave up at all. That we push, 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 and then we found the, the game probably later. Than we won obviously, um, and uh, eighty nine minutes. But after that, I thought we had the energy to score the other one, uh, including in that option that Duncan has. But it could be one one more or two more. But again, the referee just cut the game, and 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 
but 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 we probably push we, we push yes we're talking about Pedro Pedro Calles's performance in and obviously for us it represents a lot of security there especially today after we push in the second half and the lines were higher and we uh, left the spaces in behind good very very good to see him in in a, in a, in a good form um well it's important to feel and to present the team like uh like Orlando and, and, and the game that we played in Monterrey and this one against uh, a, a very good rival. Uh, make, making us all feel that we belong and and that we are in, in the map of the best and, and this is part of what the community wants. Now we have in front of us a, a big challenge, which is what's the next and, and how can we grow up with with this experience, as you mentioned. Yeah, so Oscar's talking here about, uh, he starts out by talking uh, about how proud he is of the boys, right? I mean, it, it, this is a team that he's playing against that is known for being the Giants of Mexico, La Liga Mackies. I mean, this club has a historic run of success. They are one of the top nations in this continent, or sorry, one of the top teams in this continent. Um, and it, it just goes to show you that Orlando City is able to compete. And, and he ends the clip, too, kind of saying that here we are. We've arrived on this stage. We've won U.S. Open Cup. We're going to contend in MLS for years to come. We're here to stay. We're here to be able to play on the international stage. And to be able to host your first international competition like this with Orlando City in a, in a season, uh, regular season game, uh, typically not like an offseason friendly, um, to be able to compete in this competition that has such high standards, that has, you know, a Seattle Sounders club winning uh, CONCACAF Champions League for the first time, bringing the first MLS uh, Cup to, uh, sorry, the first Cup to MLS as a Champions League winner uh, is really exciting. I think there's a good chance that we see another one here soon, if not this year, with the three clubs that are still left from MLS. But again, uh, it's it goes to show you just how good this team is, and I think that this club is being built towards a successful future and kind of the young players that have been trinkled in and sprinkled in uh, have been really impressive so far. And then you have a lot of these talents that are players that are going to be playing in Europe. Like I, I really do see Facundo Torres, maybe a Martino Haida playing in Europe as well. Cesar Rujo playing in Europe. Pedro Gallese could play in Europe if he really wanted to. Like I, I feel like there are a lot of chances for some of these players to play uh, internationally and abroad in big leagues. And I think Orlando City has uh, cornered some of that international talent and really brought in some useful players that are going to ultimately be huge uh, as far as the price tag and transfer fees are, fees are concerned, like a Facundo Torres being constantly hounded by Arsenal uh, over the winter. I think it's massive. And I think that's what Oscar is speaking to. He then goes in or he then goes into talking a little bit about the refs and how um, if you haven't watched the World Cup highlights or if you didn't watch the World Cup or you're just getting into soccer or MLS, basically the World Cup did a, uh, probably the best job they've ever done uh, as far as the officials are concerned, where they didn't allow the keeper to waste time. They attacked on any time that the keepers kind of had the ball or were wasting any kind of time getting a free kick or a goal kickoff. They were waiting for, you know, the, those minutes to kind of rack up. And we saw a ton of stoppage times, like 10 minutes, nine minutes. Like they're adding back pretty much all the time that was lost with dead ball, um, which was 
fantastic because you want to see 90 minutes of action. You don't want to see, you know, 10 minutes being wasted off the clock because the club's up one nil, uh, which you kind of saw with Tigres. Once they, once Orlando city drew, it was very much a time wasting minute uh, or a, a moment. So it, it was, you know, about six, seven minutes where the goalkeeper just uh, and the defenders and everything else, they just kept the ball away. They, they didn't want the ball uh, in live play because Orlando city would have had two or three more chances possibly to uh, grab a late goal and then move on and advance past Tigres. And again, you see this all the time in international competition. They're trying to get better in international. I hope they bring that to MLS and CONCACAF because I do feel like it adds uh, more uh, incentive to be uh, to kind of keep the pace of play going rather than kind of killing the pace of play. Uh, and I think that's what Oscar's saying is that he's frustrated. that. And, and I think the players get into it because there was a big scuffle under um, the stands after the game between Tigres uh, players and Orlando City players, but I think a lot of it was just it was a very chippy game. It was very uh, as these games are in CONCACAF, they're very physical um, and these teams don't like each other and I think you, you those kind of boil over and then also the time wasting. I think Orlando City uh, players said stuff to the Tigres players like, come on, this isn't how you really handle this professionally. Let's do this. Let's play and then they get into it in a little scuffle underneath uh, in near the locker rooms, but nothing, nothing serious comes of it. But uh, again, I think it was just two frustrated clubs playing against one another. They frustrated each other the whole time that they played in the, over the 180 minutes that they have played. It was very physical highly defensive games um and i thought it was very competitive for orlando city which is massive because of the caliber of an opponent like tigres so again looking at the match um yeah i thought you know we really we really don't have a an an informed facundo torres martino hayda started to play a little bit better here against charlotte but not against tigres I think you also miss out on the fact that, like, I think Duncan McGuire over 90 minutes is a better uh, shout than Enrique and Eric Giancaro right now in the form that he's been playing and the consistency that he's had. Um, I've been really impressed with Duncan, and I, I think that he's got the ability to turn into a really good striker in this league, especially as a rookie. Um, he's got a very Daryl DK kind of feel to him where he's going to come in and adjust to this league as quickly as possible because he's strong, he's quick, he knows the league, he seems to really understand um, – the, the pace of play and stuff like that, which is massive for a kid. Um, but I, I really do. I'm impressed with, I was impressed with Duncan when he played, um, had a really good shot there at the end to, to uh, grab us some history. But other than that, I mean, the only other thing that I could really think of is Pedro Galea say, like uh, Oscar mentions here in that clip, he, he was just unbelievable. I think he had like 17 or 18 um, stops as a keeper uh, block shots. And it was, it was unbelievable. Like he, he I've never seen a goalkeeper play like that over two legs. It was it was massive. 180 minutes of just Pedro Galese being Pedro Galese. It seemed like they couldn't get any shots, even goals that they should have had in, uh, especially in the second leg. There were like three or four great opportunities where a lot of times it was attacking players and just Pedro, and it was a one-on-one situation, and Pedro just gobbled it up. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. I don't think he's been in a better form since we've had him here in Orlando City, especially against the Tigres team that is so attack dominant. He just absolutely stunned, I think, uh, the Tigres attacking front because nothing really got by him. Um, But yeah, overall, uh, Orlando City had some good chances. Angulo had a good chance. Uh, Enrique had a really good chance. It kind of deflects up into the goalkeeper's face, um, which was just unfortunate. The ball just went right at the keeper. Any direction I think it goes in and we're talking about a different thing here, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, overall, I'm impressed. I, I love the way that they played. I love that Orlando City attacked this like they weren't afraid. The first time in their international competition, first time in the club history. I mean, it was just it was fun to watch. Um, I, I I felt like we had the opportunity. It was sitting there for us. We just aren't to that level yet, and especially with a lot of these new faces, it just felt like we weren't quite ready um, to take on a team like this. But we were pretty much playing on the back foot for the whole time. Um, we were just getting really good uh, performances from like a Pedro Galese and a Robin Janssen um, to really kind of save our behind at some time or at some point. So again, I'll take it uh, a one, one draw over two legs. They just get away from it uh, on away goals, but I'll take that over two days, any day, especially with just four or five matches into the season. This is an unbelievable performance for Orlando. They should be proud. We should be proud as fans. And I can't wait to get back into this tournament again. I'm looking forward to it. So I'm hoping they have success in U.S. Open Cup uh, this year as well. Orlando City, that is. Um, I can't remember if League's Cup is an automatic. I think it is. A League Cup performance or win is an automatic bid into the Champions League, I believe. Um, so again, winning some kind of silverware this year will get us back into that tournament. But um, if we can get back there, I think it'd be fantastic uh, overall. I think MLS uh, is going to be represented pretty well, I think, with LAFC or the Union in that final, uh, if they can kind of knock off Atlas, um, because LAFC and Vancouver win. uh, Or, sorry, they won and they play each other. Uh, So then uh, the Dupe play um, Atlas. So should be an interesting match. I think uh, whoever advances is going to see this Tigres team that Orlando City almost bounced, which is amazing to say that the team that Orlando City drew with over two legs is going to be in the CCL final against whoever it is going to come from that other side. So, again, kudos to Oscar Pereja and the boys. Unbelievable um, that they were ever able to pull this off in their first competition ever. I thought it was a, a great performance and great effort, uh, and I can't wait to be back. So let's move on to Charlotte. Now, this game was a little bit more uh, upsetting if you're an Orlando City fan, just for the fact that uh, Charlotte currently sit 14th. They would have been wooden spoon had Orlando City um, – knock them down a peg and, and won and grabbed three points. It was the Charlotte's first three points of the season. They were sitting on none. And honestly, I thought Orlando City uh, started the match really well. I, I thought, you know, within the first 10 minutes, uh, Facundo Torres um, created a really good chance um, for, I want to say it was for, oh, no, sorry. It was Mikey Holiday and Martino Hayda. That's who it was. Uh, Holiday puts one in. Martin Ojeda is uh, offsides, but it's blasted back into the back of the net. I thought Martin had his first goal back then in the first half. Uh, they waved that off because he was offsides. Um, I thought Orlando City really did create uh, quite a bit of chances, um, chances that we haven't really seen them really create over the last couple of matches. They had 19 shots, seven on goal. They had 55% possession. I know a lot of people were like, man, they just can't create in the attack. They can't create an attack. I thought they looked a lot better, and I did tweet like, They've just had a really hard time creating chances. The second half was a lot better. I thought first half they get two really good chances early, um, unable to uh, put a ball in the net. Uh, but then in, in the second half, I thought they came out with good force, and, and I thought that they were going to um, at least get back level with Charlotte just based on the way that they were attacking, especially with Martino Ojeda scoring. I think it was in the 56th minute that Martino Ojeda, 57th minute that he scores. Um, he scores his first in Orlando City Colors. Uh, Duncan McGuire had a shot on goal that was blocked by Marks and it bounces over 
Uh, Duncan gets back up and kind of slots it over into Martino Hayda's feet, and Martin blasts one through for his first goal. Um, and then they had 35 minutes where I thought ultimately they were going to score another one. They had some decent chances. I thought Ojeda had some chances. Uh, I thought that Eric Chankara, when he came in, or sorry, not Eric Chankara, um, Duncan McGuire came in. I thought he had some really good chances too, um, not just the one that he puts into the goalkeeper. Um, Enrique had some decent chances as well. Facundo Torres had a chance. I think that was the first half, though, because they were going the other direction. Um, so the, the chances were plenty. Uh, I thought they just weren't able to convert them, but you can now start to see them taking some progressive steps forward where I think they're going to start to look better as a team, especially in attacking front last night, the defense really let them down. I thought um, we had looked pretty good defensively over the course of the season. And again, we've only given up three goals in MLS, but I thought that Orlando city really did a nice job of um, defending up until this point last night, Jalen Lindsay, um, puts one over the top of, I want to say it was Robin Janssen on that side, or Raphael. It was Janssen, I think, um, because I was actually pretty shocked. And it's right into the feet of Capetti. Capetti makes a nice move um, to get around uh, Glace and put one in. And then uh, Vargas gets a goal off a deflection. It was a really weird deflection. It, it kind of rattles in through Pedro. I, Pedro could have gotten to it, I think, if he had seen it. He just wasn't able to see it until late that it had deflected and gone kind of further into the direction that he was diving. Um, but again, I thought Orlando City created good chances in that second half. Martino Hayda looked a lot better in that second half. You really saw him start to take some steps forward. He put a lovely ball through uh, to Jack Lynn, and Jack Lynn put a rifle on goal that Marks barely gets to it. Like one of those ones that puts just the hands back because it's so powerful and it went up and flew over the goal. Um, but I thought it was uh, a really good chance to, to put uh, the equalizer in. I thought maybe we could get one point, but we did not. Uh, we dropped three points at home, which is tough because we didn't really play that well at home last season. And, and to get this one against the Charlotte team that had been really struggling, hadn't gotten any points in the season to get three points on us at home at Exploria. Um, yes. I know we had a game midweek, um, but really we didn't see too much rotation as far as the second match was concerned. The second one being Charlotte. And I, I thought Orlando city had chances to really make uh, some noise and, and finally put um, some goals in. I thought this would have been a good match to try to shut them down and score two or three. Instead, the opposite happens. We were down 2 0 at halftime. We felt pretty crummy, I would say, uh, as Orlando City fans and people that cover it. Uh, I know for a fact that uh, we just didn't look it. We didn't look right in the first half and a couple of mistakes, you know, puts us behind the eight ball and uh, we were unable to kind of maneuver our way out of it to get a point at least. So uh, again, a huge uh, loss at home uh, for Orlando city to start the season against the team that was really, really struggling and kind of helped them out. Um, and it, it really is unfortunate because I, I think Orlando city um, have a pretty tough schedule coming up and kind of looking ahead. I'm not doing a preview episode cause I will be out of town for this uh, coming match up at the midweek, but we do play the Philadelphia union. The union lost Last night, uh, three to two against a Montreal club that had not scored as well. So they are struggling mightily. Their defense does not look as good last year. They've actually given up more goals uh, this year um, than they've had in quite a while to start the season. They've given us six um, and it took them nine matches last year to give up six goals. Um, so the union are really struggling. They don't have Andre Blake. It is at Subaru Park uh, and Subaru Park is a really hard game. 
uh, a really hard match to win, uh, especially on the road. Orlando City kind of struggle on the road. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, the Union and uh, Orlando always seem to play for those nil-nil, one-one draws. Um, so that's kind of where I'm leaning is, that is kind of looking at that. I feel like there will be uh, a full squad of healthy guys to play. I think Antonio Carlos probably gets some minutes here in this next um, match against uh, the Union if he's healthy. Um, depending if there's no setbacks or not uh, this week in training. But I feel like with a week's rest, they're finally going to get the players back to full strength or at least uh, most full strength. Uh, I know Air Chankara was off and was not available for selection last night. Um, somebody else was too, but I can't, I can't, I'm blanking on who it was. Um, but again, I think uh, it, looking ahead, if I had to predict, I think it ends in like a 1 1 draw. I think it's really important, though, that Orlando City get Facundo Torres going because it seems to be the one that right now is not really firing on all cylinders. I'm really impressed with the way Martino Hayda played in that second half last night. But I feel like if, if anything's going to happen, it's got to happen with Facundo Torres. Like I feel like he's got to start playing like that high-caliber DP player. I think he saw some flashes last night. Um, was just non-existent, really, in the Tigres uh, matchup. But I think as time goes on, he'll grow back into being a dominant force in this league uh, and kind of showing you why he's, he's garnered some attention from some of the top leagues in Europe. Um, but again, you're going up with the the likes of Jack Elliott, Glesnes. Actually, Jillian Carranza will be out, so they'll actually be down uh, a goal scorer. Um, they're down Andre Blake. Uh, El Brujo is, is a defensive midfield nightmare for a lot of these attacking players. I think it'd be interesting to see if Duncan McGuire could score on the likes of Brujo, Jack Elliott, and Glesnes. Uh, and Baizo and Wagner on the sides uh, can create all sorts of problems in the attack when they're going. Um, Mikel Ura scored two mat or two goals last match. Um, that's somebody else that you, their DP striker. Um, who's somebody that I think Janssen and probably a little bit of Schlage, a little bit of Antonio Carlos will struggle with uh, in that uh, attacking front. And then Daniel Gazdog, who is by far their best player, um, aside maybe from Blake. Um, I think that Gazdog hasn't played as well. He hasn't been as sharp. And I think he's kind of like what Facundo is to, to Orlando City. If, if Facundo's going, Orlando City's likely going. If uh, Daniel Gazdog is going, then the Union are going. So I think there's a matter of, of all those things come together. Two teams that are struggling mightily, two teams that could really use three points. But I think this one's headed for 1-1 one, one territory. Um, to, to split points at Subaru Park, though, would be, I think, a, a better thing for the Orlando City side than the Philadelphia Union side, just because Philadelphia is trying to kind of climb back up into that Supporter Shield MLS Cup title contending range, and they just don't look it uh, to start the season, especially with Andre Blake still out. So. No Andre Blake. Um, there should be no Julian Carranza, um, obviously. But other than that, I mean, this this union side is pretty deep. So it'll be interesting to kind of see who they plug in. I think Orlando City's also got the international break coming up. So I think uh, there's quite a bit of players that will be missing from the Orlando City side. Um, that I wish I knew better, actually, That I uh, now that I think about it, I wish I looked it up as to who's going to be missing. I think it's mostly like the CONCACAF Argentinian side. So maybe Facundo Torres is not here. Um, but again, I, I, I'm blanking now on who could possibly be missing from this weekend's lap matchup because there is an international break coming. Let's see if Orlando City has it listed on the website about who um, who could be missing from this weekend's action because 
I know it was mentioned, um, but I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find it by searching unless you just want to hear me type a bunch. But yeah, I, I think, um, and I'll tweet it out, but I, I'm pretty sure there's a couple of players that are going to be missing from this side. And I, I think one of them was definitely Facundo. Could be lying on that, though. Um, but there will be there will be some players missing um, because of the international camp. It's not. I don't think it's a complete international break, but I don't know. It, it's strange. Uh, I know it's coming. Um, I'll tweet that out when I do find it. So uh, ignore me, I guess, for this part. But uh, yeah, overall, um, really just not uh, not feeling great right now uh, as far as Orlando City is concerned. Just because um, you're knocked out of the Concacaf Champions League, that we take. I think you kind of pat yourself on the back. But this loss to, to Charlotte should have a bad taste in a lot of Orlando City people's uh, mouth right now. Just because I feel like. Um, it's not a game that they should have lost. It's not a game um, that anybody, I think, expected us to lose. Um, so to drop three points to a winless Charlotte or a pointless Charlotte is not decent. And then you have a really tough stretch of two games coming up against Philadelphia and Nashville. So, again, you're not going to find attacking uh, very easy with those two teams, two of the better defensive teams when they're playing well. The Union struggling right now, but usually – uh, especially with Andre Blake, one of the best defensive teams. So it might be a sh- it might be tough sledding here for uh, Orlando City. They do come home against Nashville on April first, but uh, Nashville is stout defensively. I think they led their first goal yesterday, but in a loss. But again, a, a really tough set of matches to kind of have to play after losing that match to uh, a Charlotte team that shouldn't have uh, beaten Orlando. I don't think so. Again, overall. Not a great feel uh, right now as far as Orlando City is concerned, but looking forward to um, what's coming uh, on the weekend just because if you beat the Union, I think you're you're pretty happy and things are starting to look a little bit better then, but um, they're struggling as well, so it might not be like beating the Union as it normally would be. But yeah, let's take a look at the Eastern Conference standings just because uh, we haven't done that in a while. Atlanta United are absolutely tearing it up right now. They've scored 11 goals and only given up three. They are currently sitting on top of the table in the Eastern Conference with three wins and a draw. They've got 10 points. New England in second with nine. Cincinnati in third with eight. Nashville in seventh with four. Or sorry, in fourth with seven points. NYCFC are uh, in fifth with seven points. Philadelphia Union are si- or yeah, sixth with six points. Inter-Miami are seventh with six points. Toronto FC in eighth with five points. We are uh, just below them in ninth with five points with negative, or sorry, with no goal differential at all. Um, three scored, three allowed. In uh, New York Red Bull um, sitting similarly. Wow, that's a, the exact same score or, uh, line straight across. Um, they've got five points. Um, and they currently sit 10th. 11th is DC United with four points. 12th is Columbus Crew with four points. Montreal in 13th with three. Charlotte in 14th with three. Chicago Fire are currently sitting bottom of the Eastern Conference with two points. So, and they have a game in hand. So, again, not not a great start. If uh, Chicago wins a game there with that game in hand, they are up there and, and they kind of move us down possibly to 10th or 11th. And that's just not, it's not a good start. Um, I think we wanted to start a little better, but again, a lot of new faces. Martino Heda, um, you got coming in. Um, you got Duncan McGuire. You got Enrique. You've got guys that are coming up. Uh, you've got Petrasso. Um, 
all these defender Mikey holidays, relatively young and trying to figure out Duke or Don, I thought has looked really good in the last couple matches, but he's just kind of been a bench option coming in. Uh, Gaston Gonzalez just coming and joining the team for the first time this uh, season after being here uh, last year, but not coming over. So a lot of, a lot of learning to do a lot of gelling to do. I think it's not until about June that you really start to see what this team is really made of. Um, and I know people are like, well, that's a long time. That's a long time. That's League's Cup. Like, what the heck? Like, what about May? I still think you'll you'll see a decent team in May. Like, I think you'll start to see them start to gel really well. I, but I don't think you really start to see this team flying at the, the height that they're going to fly until about June. I, I just feel like that's a, a pretty good benchmark to kind of look at. Okay, this is the team that going forward we're going to be looking at as far as competing in MLS in the Eastern Conference. So, again, um, not too hot right now, but I think it's going to get better. Um, I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the show. Looking forward to the Union game coming up on the weekend. Uh, that game is a, I want to say it's 7.30. Yeah, 7.30 start on Apple TV is a free game. So you do not need to have a subscription to MLS Season Pass for that one. But it is at 7.30 on Saturday night, Eastern time. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they fare against uh, the Philadelphia Union. Thanks for listening. You can follow us over on uh, Twitter at CityBeautiful13. You can also follow us on YouTube, CityBeautifulSC and Orlando City Podcast. Follow along on Stateside Soccer Show where we talk MLS and all things MLS. Uh, we also talk USL. We've been doing a closed pyramid, which is uh, talking about mostly USL championship and then USL1, USL2 talking about the lower leagues in that closed pyramid system that we have in the United States. And uh, I think stateside, you can go and find us over on YouTube as well and follow along, subscribe, subscribe to City Beautiful SC, where I post uh, also on YouTube, the podcast episodes. So make sure to follow along there. If you have any emails, you can email statesideshow at gmail.com and we can answer any questions that you might have. Again, I'll probably start to really ramp up the looking for a co-host in April because this end of this month has been absolutely crazy. And again, sorry to anybody that I kind of left on the burner for now. Um, it's just been a really hectic couple of weeks. Um, I've gotten sick, I've gotten uh, some wedding stuff work stuff. It's all been chaos. I'm traveling this Friday. Um, so uh, I won't be back until next week. And I probably won't have another episode released until that following week, about Tuesday or Wednesday, because I don't get back in town uh, until then. So uh, look out for those uh, episodes. Look out for uh, some Ted Lasso recaps that we've been over on Stateside Soccer Show. Uh, and overall, thanks for listening to all the shows and, and following along and giving us support. We really appreciate all of that. And we will see you guys hopefully at Exploria Stadium uh, come. I don't even know when the next time we'll be back. But uh, the next time I'm in Exploria, if you see me around, say hi. I look forward to seeing you all. And go Lions.